Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Angelic You podcast with Maria Pate. And I got a really special treat today for all of you. I'm going to be talking to one of my favorite earth angels, <laughs> and that is my son, Derek Pate. Some of you might know him personally, and some of you might have heard or seen him on some of the Bachelor Nation shows. He was on um, The Bachelorette, let's see, a contestant on The Bachelorette with JoJo, I think of season 12. And then he was also on two seasons of um, Bachelor in Paradise. So my favorite Earth Angel today, Derek Paith, will be sharing some four questions, four angel questions, angelic questions. I am calling this. And the first one, so the four questions are um, going to, we're going to start with the first one, and that is what or who has influenced your spirituality and your faith journey, Derek Paith? <laughs> Well, uh, as we slide the mic across here, yeah. Um, thank you, Mom. It's great to be here. Uh, we've known each other a long time, <laughs> so so it's nice to. Um, I know you know you've been doing this for a while. It's nice to to join in and, and participate. Um, so what what has influenced? I, I mean, clearly you, you yourself um, has been an influence. But I think probably less than people would consider, um, you know, when you, when you think about what, what it is you, you have chosen to do now and, and um, you know, really like the foundation of my, my spirituality and faith journey has, uh, it, it started in, you know, going to Catholic um, private school in, out in Denver, Colorado. I mean, I, I was very thankful to like have the stories and um and that really like foundational i think mostly old testament bible that you learn when you're that age it's like an interesting thing that i think a lot of um spiritual teaching at that age is like the the old testament seems to be more the more grand stories that children like want to hear so because of that you know that's like that's kind of what they hear but um why I say that I think it's less influential than people may may think about. You know, one of my one of the things I've appreciated most, and and this is all sides of like well, not all sides, but many sides of your your and dad's parenting, um, and specifically with this, it's usually kind of been like, oh, you think so? As <laughs> as we've we've learned throughout um, our lives, you know, and as opposed to suggesting or telling us something you know it's kind of like always been an infor information gathering um session so i think that's like the biggest influence is really truly just that i see it as a journey and as a um pathway that all of us take a little bit differently and on our own you know i don't remember where this quote came from but um I think I first read it actually in one of your books, um, how to win friends and influence people. And that was like, there, it, I don't think it was this, this context, but now it's been stuck in my head. That's, um, you know, there, but for the grace of God, go I. And I remember in that book, um, he was like, well, the reason I'm not of some other faith and, you know, living on the banks of the Ganges 
in India is because I was born here to the people that surround me. And so like that idea of that empathy that I don't really know everything <laughs> and maybe I should like learn and be actively involved in, um, in continuing, you know, what I, how I see the world, how I see spirituality and how I see faith is, um, is kind of like the way that I think you've always spoken to us and, and to me about this, um, about everything, because like, what is my influence? I would frankly say almost everything, you know, here I've just mentioned a, what people call self-help or, or self-improvement book and the old Testament, you know, side by side. But, you know, I really do truly think that, um, any of these like, grounded and um, any sort of information, mentorship, book, uh, podcasts, you know, wh whatever your source of, of information is, I, I do really think that as long as it's grounded in like strong principles, they really tend to be the same thing. And it's why I've seen, I've um, come to realize how interconnected all of the, you know, major uh, religions are. Not, not to mention that many of them are Abrahamic anyway. So we have many of the same interconnected stories. But I, I do think um, that, oh, you think so kind of mentality has made me understand, realize, has allowed me to grow and see everybody as at different parts of that journey for them. Um, and, and I do think, sorry, this will be a little bit of a tangent to your question. Um, I do think that I worry a little bit about like a top down, this is what you think, don't think for yourself kind of faith. Um, and I think it's affected our world now. Um, and not just now, but for, you know, a long time where we almost like agree to become robots to a faith or religion or, and I, I don't think that there's, I don't think that's the core value of any of the religions. I think those are people's influence on that. And so, you know, again, I'm, I'm very thankful to have, I think, um, uh, been able to experience on my own and learn how, how much empathy should frankly be involved in everything as opposed to um, a closed mind. You know, I really do think open-mindedness is how we get to the core of connecting with other people. Um, and again, I'll, I'll go back to just quickly what are like some of the influences. It's it, I, I see there's in every great work of connectedness, again, whether that is religious based, based, spirituality based, um, uh, management based, uh, business, you know, learning, um, self-improvement based, there is like always this conversation about energy amongst people and individuals science-based right we talk about the any any like physics many physicists not any many physicists who explore the universe continue to see how big it is and how that information um you know allows them to see and believe in something greater and bigger and so i think that all of the information um that i've ever consumed has always you know aligned well with with that understanding and, and, and kind of core belief that, that, you know, began when I was very young. 
Oh, that was so grand. Thank you. <laughs> we should have two microphones so we can have a more like back and forth. <laughs> I, this is this is perfect right now, right? Um, all right. So now we're going to switch gears just a little bit. The second question has to do with um, your core personality, really. So during your television appearances, to me and many of the people that spoke to me about you and how proud they were of you representing Iowa and what a fine um, example of a, of a man you, you know, portrayed. And so, of course, this is your mother speaking, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you seemed cool, collected and confident. What's your secret? Uh, I, uh, I think it's a uh, thank you for the lauding statements. Uh, it's so funny because I do think actually general, you know, non um, pe people who kind of just watch the show, but don't pay attention <laughs> that I'm, I'm most known for some of the more emotional moments. Um, but, uh, you know, so cal calm collectedness, um, I think, and I, I've like, brought a new phrase and frame on this recently with some readings I've been doing. Um, I think really a lot of the inputs that I've had throughout my life have really centered around this idea of like a stoic mentality. Right. And um, I'll never forget that uh, I was listening to uh, Tim Ferriss's pod podcast. Gosh, this was probably, this is a long time ago. He's one of the early podcasters. So this is an early one. And, um, I remember him talking about this exercise that some people go through that that some of the inter people he had interviewed had gone through where essentially because we are in this um, abundance world or um, part of the world, I should say, that we almost like take it for granted constantly to, down to the little things. And that there are these, um, that there are, there are people who want to ensure and break themselves from that. I know this is an old Greek philosophy thing as well. Some of the philosophers would essentially strip themselves of everything. Well, you know, that's not not necessarily their clothes, but um, and you know, walk the streets and need to um, remember that, like a a this is. Is this even the worst they can get? Well, no, because people still kind of know who they are and they'll still take care of them at that point. You know, it's not like you've become uh, nobody, but that this idea of, well, you know, it, it is always, there are so many layers of how truly bad, right, like life can get. Um, and while that is a, almost a dark thing, but in true, like when you, when you understand that, I think it actually is a very bright thing because you begin to appreciate all of the positives more. And so getting back to my emotional breaks, you know, like a part of stoicism, a part of that idea is, um, is really just you, there's value in do, doing what is valuable to you, um, both internally and externally. Right. So it doesn't make, it isn't valuable to be emotional constantly, right? Like that is, then you begin creating chaos around you for yourself and for other people. That's not, it's a different thing when um, there have been big and important things. Now being emotional and having an emotional break is actually the correct response, right? Holding it in now creates internal chaos for you. So um, it's, it's this, uh, it's kind of a, a measured approach of, I think, 
you know, um, self-reflection and, and really getting to the, to the basis of like, what, what are your needs and the needs of others? And this phrase that, um, you've always constantly said, you know, what's best for you, what's best for others, what's best for the world kind of thing. It's, it's a great mantra. Uh, did I get it right by the way? What's good for God. What's good for God. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that it's a good mantra to remember that that I think helps center around um, points of like, like lulls and as well as you know anything that's that's an, in, an intense moment. Which obviously, knowing that you're uh, being viewed that way, your actions would be viewed by people. There's a lot of intense chaos that can happen by that because you can almost be worried about you know what anybody will will ever think. Um, the side note to any women who are struggling to speak to men about emotional topics, meditation, meditative topics, um, uh, empathic thinking, you know, uh, this kind of stoic word is a very manly way to say (laughs) all of those things. So I think it, you know, obviously that made it easier for me to read. Um, it's clearly why I'm talking about it and, and like made it easier for me to, uh, to to bring up and talk about i mean marcus aurelius is probably one of the greatest authors and and um most well-known i should say authors of this kind of mentality and you know that's the dude from gladiator so you know he's the he's the smart you know uh correct positive guy in gladiator at the beginning that i think most guys can connect with and yet his you know main writing was basically his journal that's called meditations. So, I mean, that tells you enough right there about um, how I think like sometimes as men, we, there have been this created framework of like who we should and shouldn't be. And truthfully, like when you go back to what the, you know, greatest, smartest, most famous people who uh, were remembered for their ability to think and create good for other people, I mean, these are the kinds of things that they were writing about, the same kinds of things that you've taught me and that I know you talk about. Oh, he's so kind to give me credit <laughs> for all those well-thought-out words. Um, thank you. And, yeah, Stoicism is really powerful. I do see the, the con, um, I guess, the continuity with, you know, what is good for you, good for others and good for God is really should be like a basis for decisions. And um, Mm -hmm. that is, that has been something that I have believed in and taught. So thank you. Um, Wonderful. And now we're going on to question number three. So what helps you calm, center and regroup? Do you have any strategies or practices? Um, Yes and no. So, I do wish I was better um, about handling like those things correctly. Um, I, I, I have headspace on my phone, so I do try to meditate on top of the positive aspects of, of uh, creating like space in your brain. I mean, there's all the scientific uh, aspects that show that it also creates more folds in your brain and makes you more intelligent. So. Um, there's just a science-based positive to it, even if it seems odd. And that's why it's gained, you know, so much in popularity in sort of the tech, tech crowd, I know, in the past few years. Um, and I do try to 
do that. I, I would say probably realistically, I'm maybe doing that three times a week. Um, I'll go in spouts of journaling. I think when I, I, I almost need more of a reset because I do think that for me, myself, my personality, I've done a very good job of kind of creating a really good, strong foundational leaping off point um, many, many times in, in my adult life to almost sort of, I'm going to use this word again, it, it doesn't mean, neg like chaos doesn't mean negative, but kind of jumping into the chaos of um, just the world is chaos, right? So, so jumping into something new, exciting, different, and then um, within that, like maybe some smaller reflective points where I do need to and realize I need to get into some journaling, do some meditating and help make sense for myself of okay, well, have I made the right decision here? Am I in the right circumstances and in, in the right set of, um, of uh, you know, I won't say the right set, the right ladder, you know, that old, um, that old like kind of parable of, well, you know, are you climbing the right, are you even on the right ladder? You can't jump to another one. You have to climb down to go and get on it. And so I think for me, it's not necessarily as, uh, you know, daily or, um, you know, whatever, four or five times a week, like I would like that I, that I'm actively doing that. I do have a, have goals for myself and would like to get to that point. Um, but I do think that I, I do a decent job of at least every couple of months, you know, really p taking a lot of time and, um, and thinking about those things so that I know that I'm at least right on the correct path, um, for, for my time right then and there, as opposed to, you know, running headlong into a brick wall and, and creating more pain for, for my life than is, than is really worth it. There's a lot of times it's this kind of, I think connects back to um, my, my thinking in this and what has been valuable for me connects kind of back to what I was um, talking about earlier, you know, about like, well, what's the worst it can get kind of a scenario because there's like perfection and we have to understand that like, there's very few people that ever get that kind of, they've created what their perfect world is. And even when they do get it, usually because they've gotten it, they, they're, they're not happy. And, um, and this um, sort of pulling back and realizing, okay, well, my circumstances aren't bad. Let's appreciate what I do have. But like, is there something in my life that's impacting me in a really bad way that I need to, like a really toxic way that is, that is poisoning the rest of my life? Can I manage it? Or do I need to move on in some way, shape, or form? And that could be, that could be friendships, that could be relationships, that could be work life, that could be, um, you know, by work life, I, I don't mean necessarily the job you have. That could be people at work, or, you know, so the the way that you email. I mean, there's so many little things that um, I think self reflection can help you realize and pinpoint maybe the 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 problem parts of um, where you know you get amped up or over energized and really come back to that calm place where we are appreciating the world around us and uh, either managing or removing the things if they're, if they're unmanageable that frankly are just going to create um, negative energy for ourselves that we're not going to find happiness if, if it's, if we're surrounding ourselves with. Yeah, that's a really, really powerful Derek talking about reflection and 
also, I, you know, I, other than the, the Headspace, which is a wonderful meditative program, and then, you know, regrouping re with your journaling and some reflections, um, what I would actually deduce from what you said is that you're really looking at the present moment and, you know, where are you in that chaos of the moment? And then how is it benefiting you? And we can all really glean quite a lot from, from that. And sometimes it's hard to explain what that present moment, um, you know, practices. Yeah. It's like, you know, here I am and, you know, the world is falling apart. Um, actually, I want to, you know, mention that I, I thought something quite powerful happened in the way of, of light work and the way of, of, you know, peripheral intention and positivity yesterday when um, we, you know, got a, a very, um, the, the news about, you know, the, the Derek Chauvin um, uh, you know, just, yes, uh, d decision. And, um, and then, you know, there were some really highlights there for it's accountability, for, right? For, yes. Um, you know, for, for, again, when I considered to be like the moment of chaos actually found, like we found some peace and, and it felt so right for so many people and so right in this world. And so I was like, that was a reflection and accountability, like you said, in, in society. Um, mm -hmm. not just personally. Okay. Getting back to our last question and I, I wrote, you know, several possibilities. So I've <laughs> got to just look here. Um, Throw one at me. Yep. Yep. So, um, let's see, do we want to have him talk about, you know, aliens and ETs <laughs> or do we want to have him, at, do I want to ask him about like a living or dead person that he would like to have lunch with? Or, you know, what is his favorite place on earth? I think, or how does he define God? Oh my gosh, we're going to have to have him on again. But let <laughs> me tell you, I think the one that's calling to me is who is the one person living or dead that you would want to have lunch with mm. and just pick their brain? Um, uh -oh. Uh oh, hold on. We're good. It's, it's in here. Isn't it? Okay. We're good. We're good. Yeah, I, we can still hear it, so yeah, I think it's yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so this doesn't necessarily speak to uh, his character, which reports vary on. <laughs> but I think I, I I think Benjamin Franklin is one of the most interesting people in all of history. Um, and there's so much. It's like a close thing between him and Teddy Roosevelt. And you know, obviously, we're Americans here, so. Um, uh, I know much more about American history than 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 um, maybe necessarily world history to get into, but but um, both of them just have so many wild interactions and impacts on our world today, even still that we don't um, you know often I think understand or realize. But but I it, I do tend towards uh, Ben Franklin, and I mean there's just there's some really neat things that he did. Um, there's some crazy things that he did. I mean, he ran away from home when he was a, a child and then just went, like basically, uh, went to m moved from one big city and then decided that wasn't right for him because he felt like his brother was, um, never going to let him flourish. And then he's, you know, he's like not that old and he just leaves and decides to go to Philadelphia, which is essentially his city now, you know, um, I mean, he 
he invented this new fireplace while he was there. He was like an inventor and um, could have made could have made him one of the most wealthiest people in the world. And yet he decided to like give the plans out to everybody because he felt that people should have heat um, created, you know, like the first mm-hmm. fire brigades and which are, you know, our, our, our um, fire departments now. And um, we all know about the electricity stuff, but then even just later on in life, traveling and living in, you know, England and France and um, essentially being like America's voice around at that time, these places that were highly impactful to whether or not, you know, we kind of continued down this colonial path that the world had been going down and like, you know, breaking out of the mold of like taking advantage of people and moving towards, you know, individual liberties. And it wasn't enough at the time, but I just think there, there, there's so many things that I, I don't think one lunch would, would, <laughs> would do it, but I just, I think he's one, he seems to be one of those people that um, not only do, do the waves of his impact still affect us today. So personally impactful, but I just would be interested to, to see, you know, what he would think of the world because, um, because of that sort of initial driver that he was and to see where it, where it has. And I don't mean that in a, you know, that, 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 that often now, right now is like said in a negative connotation because there's a lot of, um, we've all been through a lot in the last year and a half. And, um, there's a lot of news because there's more sources than ever that are constantly telling us how bad things are. I mean that and more of a, like, I just, it would just be interesting, I think, to, to understand how, you know, somebody who was able to, to build, build the found work, the, the, the groundwork of, um, what I think has been, you know, a really amazing society and, and, uh, and done a lot of good for, you know, underprivileged and, and underappreciated people throughout time, you know, how they would see how it is now. So that's, that's my very long winded answer. (laughs) That that's perfect. And I just learned so much about, you know, Ben Franklin, I like that you started with the, you know, the, and the post office <laughs> <laughs> and, and he established a post office. Um, I like that you started with this idea that he ran away from home. It reminded me of that story, like the Prince and the Pauper, mm-hmm. where the prince, you know, decides he's going to go out of the, the castle walls because he's so sheltered. He, he like wants to, you know, live out there in this adventure and how much he learns because he goes outside of his comfort zone. Yeah. And um, it sounded to me like that was, you know, really the story that um, uh, that you know Ben's Ben Franklin's soul was seeking more, and then his light shone out in the world in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was, um, yeah, and 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 if 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 I could have lunch with you guys, I think I would really enjoy this. <laughs> so um, we're I'll calling. Have to check with him. Yeah. We're calling in um, maybe a an angel session with Ben Franklin, however that might lead. Anyways, it's time for us to wrap this up. We went a little bit longer, but I don't think anybody's going to complain because we had such a treat today. And um, Wait, can I mention oh, something on oh, what you just said? Well, of course, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I think, uh, and and this kind of goes back to the tendrils of of overlap that happens so in so many places. Um, 
even before, well, maybe as you were starting to, you know, do this, this new line of work and, and, um, it meant that obviously you kind of started speaking to us about new and bigger things and, and, um, listening to the world in a, in a lot different way. Uh, I, it was around the same time that I first read one of Napoleon Hill's books. And I have always thought that some of what you talk about, like one of, one of the really big things that he, um, suggests is this mastermind idea. And it's really interesting because not only is it with, other people around you and connecting with them and just this idea of flow that does develop when you're like on the same page as people. But, um, there's also this historical, um, idea that he places forward where he, you know, he's like, and it's, it's kind of the, uh, let's be, uh, I mean, this was written a very long time ago when any of, um, anything spiritual based would probably have been very scoffed at or, um, or, you know, not, uh, not ever made it to in anyone's, you know, brains, but, but it's like this historical, um, mastermind idea. You can read about these people, you know, what they do and what they think, like not to necessarily idolize them, but, but these, there are different, you know, historical people, different people who I think we don't even know, but we appreciate, what they bring to the table and this ability to um, like get outside of yourself and bring in um, when like coming back to the idea of like self-reflection and maybe doing like a checkpoint with yourself. If you do have these people in mind and I have done this many, many times, it's like, well, what would this person do in that case? And what would this person do in that case? Because they were clearly, you know, very good at handling and managing themselves in the world and they were happy or they were impactful or. Sorry, technology cut us off there for a second, but, um, you know, just to kind of summarize that I, it's, it's just a realization that I had, um, just now and kind of connected the dots between, you know, a lot of this really like, um, standard, but like slightly outside of the box way to approach, um, you know, interconnectedness. And then what you talk about and have talked about before, you know, it's, it's just kind of interesting how, uh, for all the times, for how long ago I read about that, and for all the times I've heard you say that, it's here, it's this conversation now that I'm finally connect the two together. Ah, yes, technology did cut us off, and you know what? We saved the day. I wanted to add that um, when we think about what it means to be a human today, that we're all connected in so many ways that we can use history, that we can use the wisdom of the past, that we can use all of the you know layers of, of education and experience that we have had to support the light work that we are doing, to support the betterment of humanity, to support our lives and finding joy and happiness and, and peace and creativity. We are human creators and um, creating a better world is really what the future is is about. We're, we're there now, aren't we, in so many ways. I want to um, pat myself on the back for creating this amazing human, um, my son. <laughs> and I, of course, didn't do that all by myself. I had a little help, a lot of help. 
actually, and all of the world helps. We are actually, you know, so much a, a village um, when we when we work together to support one another in raising uh, young people for the future. And uh, then they can carry on to even better opportunities from there. It has been wonderful to connect with all of you today. Thank you so much for listening to Angelic You podcast with Maria Paith and today with Derek Paith. May you be well and lively and full of light and hope. And until next week, I bid you God bless and be well. Thank you for listening to Angelic University Podcast with Maria Pate. I want to welcome you to our Angelic University community, where you can dive in with the angels on a deeper level to really work to your soul's missions. Please find options at patreon.com slash Maria Pate. That's patreon.com slash Maria Pate. M-A-R-I-A-P-E-T-H. I'll see you inside Angelic University. Thank you so much for listening and God bless.